insight into instruction, combining and cultivating conversations between instructors and students. Hey, welcome to Triple I Insight into Instruction Snippets Edition. My name is Jamie. I'm Annabelle. And I'm Fabulous, but you can call me Thomas. We're excited to be back. Though we are no longer completing formative assessments for our Fundamentals of Instruction class, we are continuing our journey on this platform through discussion about continued courses and personal experiences. Snippets is a subcategory of our Triple I podcast. In these segments, we will be briefly breaking down materials to give you a preview of different sources. From there, we recommend that you look into the source directly. Once you do, we would love to hear your thoughts on the topics. In this documentary, there are five stereotypes portrayed. The Mammy, the Pickaninny, the Coon, the Zambo, and the Uncle. In this documentary, the narrator asks, what are the consequences of these caricatures and how do they mold and mirror the reality of racial tensions in America for more than 100 years? One of the first stereotypes portrayed was that of the Piccaninny, which portrayed small black children as being subhuman and often dirty and savage-like. What this did was create this idea that black people in general are inherently animalistic and needed to be saved by slavery, because by saying that their hair is unkept and it's just inherently all of these negative things, it takes away from any cultural aspects they may have or differences such as braids or anything along those lines, once again, is erased with this idea of them just being animals and it really simplifies who they are as people. Yeah and this stated that basically the beauty standards of that race were wrong and not just that but as far as animalistic this is something that we're seeing right now. In this culture it is okay to be energetic and move around a lot whereas in white classrooms you're supposed to sit and be still and be silent so it's still this negativity toward that animalistic behavior. Mm -hmm. And what I saw as soon as it talked about uncupped hair specifically and things along that is it reminded me of workplace environments where natural hair isn't allowed. And that concept, which has been throughout the United States history of black hair being seen as unruly unless it's been tamed or whitewashed in some way. Right. Straightening and wigs are still prevalent to this day. And then so the next one was the mammy. And the mammy emerged as, once again, this defense of slavery, but also as this happy slave. She was seen as a slightly older, big, black, happy woman who worked within the home and helped with child rearing. But she was also seen as the opposite of the white woman because all the sexual allure was removed from her being. And what this did was, once again, makes black people seem less than human. But also, it erased the reality of sexual abuse by white slave owners, and it erased the legitimacy of children born from said sexual abuse. What this did even further was it made it so those children born from these sexual abuse cases, which weren't cases because they were oftentimes erased, were not recognized as children of the slave owners and forced into slavery themselves. And that could be harmful because, for one, putting more children into slavery, but for two, if the wife of the slave owner ever found out They would often be separated because she was upset about it and if it was ever found that her husband had done that. And once again, that's ripping away more and more black families and it creates another layer of power dynamics and manipulation. 
So then the next section was the uncle. We hear the stories of the Uncle Tom, the Uncle Ben, and it was that male counterpart to this mammy caricature. They're old and they're warm and they're telling stories and they're doing that child rearing kind of thing that the mammy mm-hmm. does as well. But all of this ties to that happy black person being a slave and being content with this life that the white people have forced them into. Something also was two of the happy slaves that we see and two that are almost seen as good slaves as well are the mammy and the uncle and both of them are older, which to me also suggested in order to survive as a slave, you had to be appeasing. Yeah, you you have to do what you're told and be who you're told to be. And be happy about it. (laughs) And be happy about it and care for other people's children and not, I feel like, not be able to care for your own family. Mm Mm-hmm. The next one is the coon, which, again, here's a simple, docile black man. Because, again, with the with the mammy, actually, bringing it back to that, the mammy is kind of portrayed as the woman has more power, power to an extent. Yes. Because they don't have power at all. But they're this more powerful, dominating woman, whereas the man is inferior and weak and submissive so going back to the coon simple docile laughing black man happy in his position as a slave really mentally simple and doesn't really have this ability to contribute to society he's just there um whereas bringing in the sambo to an extent still simple but more like carefree and happy in a different way not so much like that there isn't any intelligence there but actually they're specifically thinking how can i avoid working how can i be more lazy how can i have these easy pleasures as they said of food and dance and song and be happy with yeah just be this this kid who's like i get whatever i need handed to me and I'm simple-minded. And what's so messed up about this particular caricature is that this brought us to blackface. So based off that Sambo character, the white man who created this blackface named T.D. Rice, the, the story is basically he saw a crippled black man dancing in this exaggerated way because at the time there was this thing called the Jim Crow dance where slaves were not allowed to cross their feet. So they had to do this sort of hopping back and forth and it made them look ridiculous and stupid and something to be laughed at. So then on top of that, seeing this crippled black man doing the same thing, it was something that this T.D. Rice white man decided that he was going to turn into a comedy piece. So talking about blackface based off the Zambo, blackface became very prevalent during the time because it was portrayed in movies, performances on stage, and it became a way of mocking and humiliating African-Americans, black people, in a way that made them less than human, more animalistic. And that went on for a very long time. And those effects embedded into their psyche and started treating black people very negatively because this is the only exposure some people were getting to African-Americans at the time because black people were only in the South on plantations somewhere in the North, but they were spread out. And the people who were migrating across America didn't have that much exposure. So this is what they were seeing. They were seeing these shows. They were seeing these ways black people were portrayed. And that got embedded into the community, their thoughts, and their feelings. And with not even knowing, created stereotypes within themselves about what they believe black people are 
as a person, as a, as a race and as a community. And I think that would even have furthered an argument against emancipation. And even once emancipation happened, still just this continued idea of them being less intelligent, less able, and just it just allowed them to continue to oppress these people because they're animals. Why would we have them part of society when we, they can work for us? They can be labor animals. And what black people thought of themselves, not only because they're hearing it and they're seeing it constantly, but also because if they wanted to be part of entertainment and needed the money in entertainment to support families or whatever it may be, they had to go in and black people were wearing blackface themselves. They weren't even able to represent themselves as who they really were. They had to put black face on that put that other uh, white, the, white the huge mm-hmm. white lips to make them feel more animalistic or ape-like who everyone else sees them as which is extremely demeaning right and how do you respect yourself when you have to go and portray your entire race as such that breaks you down as a person as a race that breaks you down so much that you start seeing yourself that way and as we talked in our class that changes your dna and that dna is passed on to the children it changes Mm -hmm. who you are on a genetic level i think it also carried over as jamie mentioned in the entertainment industry and it reminded me of how in historical films you're most likely to only see at least for a while you'd most likely only see black main characters or stars as slaves that is the role that they had to fill instead of focusing on many other black historical figures of success they were just once again portraying that element of history yeah and i think that actually ties into the next question as to how that ripples into what we're seeing today This next topic is regarding the ripple effects that the prior stereotypes have influenced in American society today. Having just discussed the consequences of caricatures, where do you see the effects of this racism presented today? What do you think you will do to prevent this from affecting your future classroom? So as Annabelle had mentioned in the previous question about entertainment and not seeing black people portrayed as anything more than animalistic and savages in a way, I think that this definitely ties into media today. When you see that there's a black comedian, oftentimes the black comedian is still detrimental to themselves. I think that it has just been so integrated into the culture that they're still portraying themselves in this way today. Even in, there was that movie with Ryan Reynolds, Try Guy. And one of our classmates brought up the fact that his black best friend is portrayed as meek and won't go out and fight and won't go out and be the hero himself. He's sort of this background character who's less than. And I don't think that that was the purpose of it. But then on the other hand, if you think about it, with everything that's happening today with Black Lives Matter and things like that, what happens if he were to be going out because it's about a video game, so it's a lot of violence, there's a lot of guns. So if he did decide to go out and be the hero, he would be this black man with machine guns going around killing people. Mm -hmm. So where do you find that mesh that like you can be the hero as a black person, as a black man, and you don't have to be either meek or a gangster? And I was thinking when you're saying that, that even like in horror films, the first one to be killed is the black person. Yeah. Or 
like whatever person of color is there yes typically yeah or some minority person Mm -hmm. at that at that aspect but then you're also thinking about every time i watch a movie and i'm thinking about african-american roles that is not a movie that's made specifically as a whole black cast that person is never the lead no they're always either making fun of themselves or they're the athlete or they're the athlete and that they need some sort of help that a white person can help them with they're never seen as a strong, self-sufficient, intellectual person that they are, unless it's in a very joking manner, or if it's in an all-black cast. Yes. It made me think back to my middle school experience, where very limited African-American people in my community, and there was two black boys in my grade. Both of them got more behavioral write-ups than a lot of us white folks, and one of them was a star athlete and the other one was like the class clown and he would get in trouble for being the class clown um and those were the two roles that they filled and it was really weird to think of them in that way but when there's only so much media coverage and only so many black people in the community at all i could see how it's easy to fall into those roles Right, and not just in movies. You were saying media coverage. Mm-hmm. Why does the media cover only the black people who are, I mean, I guess not only, but majority black people being arrested mm-hmm. and black people causing problems and riots when it's not just black people? You know, yeah. those narratives are being edited in a way to portray black people and to make other people fear them. And unfortunately, people, whoever is watching this or whoever's hearing about this, that is now ingrained in us where we do cross the street if a black man is walking towards us. Or um, my mom was talking about, there's a lecture that she went to in Palm Springs, actually two, and she's an artist in an artist community and Palm Springs is, you know, predominantly white. So then she's at this lecture and This black man wearing a suit, cork pie hat, walks in, and she immediately goes, why did a homeless person walk out from the street into our lecture? And then the other one was, they were having a lecture about art printmaking, etching. When she was leaving, she saw one art piece that was from a black artist, and her first thought was, oh, wow, this art is so good, even though the artist is black. And both of these, she told me, she was horrified that those were the first thoughts that came into her mind, but that it's so ingrained in our culture and in our Mm -hmm. society that those are sometimes the first things that come to our head. So we definitely need to check our bias and prevent that from happening in our classrooms. And when you were saying about the media and about how it's portrayed, if you look at an article where there's a white guy or a white person versus a black person the language that's used in those articles are totally different Mm -hmm. and they always i won't say always but most of the time they portray black people as savages or as like these rough hard words that really like degrade their individuality and then as if you were look at the white perspective they always like downplay it it's like there was a good student or that they have good grades it's a one-time event they come from a nice family this stuff that they're talking about in this ethnic notions is extremely prevalent to the way we see society and we see black people today. I think it drew a lot of connections to the documentary we watched this summer of 13th. And like you were saying, criminal representation of black folks compared to white folks. And I think, I don't know if it was on the podcast or simply in conversation, but we also see this in film in the way that white criminals that are in groups will be referred to as like the mafia and there's almost this cool this cool edge to them right same with peaky blinders where they are kind of a crime family but they're esteemed and there's this code of honor almost and it's seen in that way but people of color in criminal groups 
are gangbangers. Or gangsters. And gangsters and not... Those to be feared. Yeah, those to mm-hmm. be feared. Those without ethical code. When mm-hmm. really the only difference is skin tone and what they decide to wear. Yeah, because all the actions that they take is the same. They're yeah. still well, creating I mean, the same acts. Right. And the other thing is, why is white considered a, like the color? Specifically, just the color white is considered this Purity. beautiful, pure color. I mean, doesn't the KKK wear white? I'm just saying. <laughs> and then black is considered dark and bad. And it's always portrayed like the bad guy in the movie is wearing black. The good guy in the movie is wearing white. White knight. Mm-hmm. So even just something as simple as a color is in our mind. Good Black evil. is bad. White is good. Mm-hmm. This snippets episode just grazed the surface of the documentary. If you so choose to watch this on your own, we suggest that you remember that these blatant acts of racism happened within the last century, and the effects are still being seen to this day. We know that for many, this is a triggering topic, but it is one that is necessary to understand in order to make a change. As always, we thank you for listening and for your support. Thank you for coming along with us on this academic journey. Click that follow button so you can join us next time for more ins and outs of education, past, present, and future.